Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Hey there, friend. I'm so glad you're listening today. It's Heather Creekmore, Compared to Who Show. And hey, I just wanted to take a pause today. Just take a minute and let you know that if you're feeling awkward, strange, uncomfortable, uncertain, any of those things around food and your body image journey right now, I want you to know that that's okay. That's normal. This is a process. This is a journey. And I just want you to understand that. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. Aging is real and food can be awkward. That's where we're going on today's episode. I'm so glad you're here. If you're not part of our Patreon community yet, hey, go check that out. I put bonus content over there. Uh, Some of our patrons get together once a month on Zoom. You may really enjoy that. Also, group coaching is closed for this session. I am so excited to get started with my groups this week. But if you're interested in doing group coaching this summer, I already have a waiting list. So go ahead and drop me an email, heather at comparedto.me, and I'll see if I can get you into the summer session. Right now, let's get ready to talk about aging and food and awkwardness. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey, hey there, friend. Okay, so the last couple months, maybe even six months on the show, we've been talking about food and dieting a lot. And I just wanted to pause so we don't get too far away from our mission. Our mission here is to tackle body image and comparison issues. But I've recognized over the years that it's next to impossible to separate, truly separate body image issues from food issues. There's always a connection. And even through the years I've learned, even when I work with women who don't think that there's a connection, you know, they're coming to me for a struggle with skin or the shape of a certain body part and not coming to me about their size or their weight, what we normally find when we dig below the surface is there's a food struggle there and they may just be at a point in life where either that food struggle hasn't flared up because they're content with their weight or their size or it just hasn't been acknowledged yet. So friends, these two are peanut butter and jelly. They go together. Oh, 
And I want us to be able to tackle them all, but I also don't want you to be overwhelmed. And, and so that's why I wanted to just take a pause today. We can get, especially those of us with a dieting background, we can get so focused on solving the food part that we miss what I believe is the most important piece of this whole struggle. It's a spiritual piece. It's not getting the food right. It's not getting intuitive eating right. It's not doing all the things just right. <laughs> it's, it's a spiritual battle, my friends. And I honestly think if you've listened to the show for any time, now this won't surprise you. But I think the most important piece of this body image puzzle is the idolatry piece. You see, there's a lot of talk, especially in the Christian circles, about us acknowledging and believing that our bodies are good. A book came out last summer, uh, Breaking Free from Body Shame, and that's what it's about. And friends, I think this is a good thing. It's good for us to come to a place where we can see that we were created and designed by God for a purpose and on purpose, and that our bodies are part of that. It's all good. I love, love, love that message. But the challenge, as I see it, is that for some of us, a lot of us, probably you, if you're listening to the show, you're just like me, I would guess. It's a hard place for us to live in too long because we're tempted by something. That temptation, that something, we're tempted by better. Now, friends, don't feel bad because better is what tempted Eve way back in Genesis. I mean, how could we believe that we're beyond that, that better won't tempt us? But remember, Eve actually lived in the Garden of Eden. She had direct communication with God. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. She lived in paradise. And yet, she was still tempted. She still believed that maybe, just maybe, God was holding out on her a little bit. She still believed that maybe there was a way that everything in her life could be just a little bit better. Friends, that's the trap of idolatry. And I think that that's what happens to us if we try to just stay in the spot where we believe our bodies are good, right? Now, maybe you can stay there, and that's awesome if you can. But a lot of us hear idolatries beckoning of, yeah, your body's good. Why don't you just make it a little bit better? better. Improving it, I mean, that's got to be a good mission. Sure, you can rest in the fact that your body's good, but now focus on how to make it better. And what happens, friends, is we can fall into that trap, that idolatry trap. Now, hear me when I say that idols most of the time are not bad things. If you want to make your body a little bit better, that might not be a bad thing at all. But what happens is when those idols sneak and creep their way into an ultimate position in our life, that's when they cross the line. And that's what happens with our bodies and sometimes our food, sometimes ourselves and our own opinions about ourselves even. You know, I, I know this is true. I've been teaching women about this for almost a decade now. And still sometimes, friends, it's hard for me 
still sometimes I am very lured by that idol. I want to go back to it. It's comfortable. It's what I know. And I'm going to share with you a recent story from my life in a second, but I just want to spell this out for you one more time, louder for the friends in the back. If if you, my friend, if you are tempted to just go back to your old ways, to just go back to dieting or over-exercising or your eating disorder or disordered eating because it is familiar and it is comfortable and it feels less hard than having to come to grips with the way your body is now and what's going on underneath the surface with this body image stuff, hear me when I say I understand completely. I do. I get it. But please also hear me when I say that idols lie and it's not true. It's never going to give you the freedom it promises. No diet, no before and after picture, no eating disorder, no body transformation can fill whatever that void is in your heart. Whatever that emptiness is that you are tempted to fill with the next body improvement project. Friends, it will not fill it. I think the void instead, what we really need is more of Jesus. And I don't want that to sound way too Christian cliche. So let me put it in other words. I think the void you are trying to fill is for love and maybe a little satisfaction too. But ultimately, I think it's love, acceptance, and peace. And we feel like something is a threat to that, a threat to us feeling loved or accepted, a threat to our peace. We rise up. We want to take control. We want to protect it. We rise up to defend that part of our hearts that feels so vulnerable. We feel the fear that we've been talking about so much lately in our last series, and we feel overwhelmed by it. It's the fear of letting go of the familiar and walking in faith in a new way. And friend, that is scary. But let me share with you what happened to me just recently. I was literally sitting in the front row of our church on a Sunday morning. Many of you know that my husband's a pastor, and I'm there during worship trying to negotiate with God. I was overwhelmed with the feeling that if I could just go on another diet, maybe lose some weight in some other way, then everything in life would be better, that it would just suddenly fix it. Like, honestly, I've been feeling bigger in my body lately than I want to feel, and I've been feeling the signs of aging. And what happened to trigger all this is a younger woman came kind of bouncing up to my husband to start a conversation with him. And I felt threatened. I felt oversized. I felt middle-aged. And I felt frumpy. So during worship, my mind went right back to all those familiar places. I need to lose some weight. I need to get new clothes. What else can I do to make myself look better? How can I improve my appearance so that I'm more attractive? How can I compete with that young woman? Honestly, that's how I cash it out. And I'm not proud of that. But that's just the truth. And friends, aging is real. And it's hard in some ways for me to swallow the reality that I can't just cut out carbs for two weeks and hit the gym twice as hard and change my body by next month. My body doesn't play that game anymore. 
I'm starting to see how unkind it was for me to make it play that game through my 20s and my 30s. But now it just, it, it won't play anymore. But literally, my friend, I stood in church asking God if it would be okay for me just to go back to that life for just a little bit. <laughs> I think I actually asked him if you help me. Just God, just help, help me go back. Can't I just go back to restricting or find some new diet and just forget everything I know, all the intellectual wisdom I've accumulated about dieting and restricting and my eating disorder? And just let me go back and lose some weight and get skinny and and serve my beauty idol again. That's really what I asked him. I'm embarrassed about that. But it felt like in the moment as I was wrestling, what I wanted again really was more control. I felt out of control. I felt like there's nothing I can do to compete here. And, and again, let me clarify, I wasn't really feeling like my husband was tempted or going to stray, but our imaginations combined with the enemy's lies go to amazing places. And I felt like there was nothing I could do. And, and, you know, I think one of the reasons why we get trapped in disordered eating and eating disorder behaviors is because there's something very comforting about the feeling that we can master our own destiny in terms of our body and appearance, right? We feel like we're in control. Now, truthfully, it never works out that way because even when I was kind of in control, I was actually never really in control and it never felt as good as it promised it would. But, but really, friends, in that moment, I found myself begging God to just let me go back to my addiction. Yes, I said addiction because in many ways, I was addicted to self-improvement. I was addicted to body change. I was addicted to the power I felt in being able to flatten my stomach. And like I already said, I don't feel like I have that power anymore. And I probably didn't really truly hold it then, though I felt I did. I didn't. But that's a hard thing to swallow. Aging is awkward. And friends, this is the first time I've spiraled like this in a long time. But spiritual warfare is real. And I'm getting ready to start my next coaching group this week. And I do know that every time I start coaching, I feel this kind of pressure. I pressure myself into wondering if I'm good enough to coach or if I should just quit because I'm an imposter. But I also kind of take this opportunity, these opportunities when I get tempted like this, to learn and remember. Because most of the time now, I don't feel like that. Most of the time now, I'm comfortable and I'm not stressing over my body. So it is a strange sort of blessing to be able to go back and feel those very real feelings right before I prepare to go into another coaching session. And I'm praying that even though this is a temptation from the enemy, that God can use it to help me be a better coach and a better shepherd to women who are feeling these kind of things regularly. So today I'm sharing my story with you in the hopes that it will encourage you, that you won't feel shame if you feel drawn back to the old way of doing things, that you won't feel condemned if you're still awkward around food or wrestling an aging body. Instead, I hope you'll hear me say, this is terribly normal. 
And when I say normal, I don't say that to minimize your experience or trivialize it in any way. Instead, I say the word normal to affirm to you that there is nothing wrong with you. You're not doing it wrong. You're not missing something because it's still a struggle. Friends, this is a journey. And like I like to say, this is going to be in my next book. Body image freedom is a path. It's not a plan. Let me say that again. Body image freedom is a path, not a plan. That next diet, any diet, that is not going to work any better than any of the others did. But I'll be honest with you. I get the temptation all day Sunday. I was ready to go back on a diet, any diet. I've got lots of friends here selling a certain diet plan that starts with an O and ends with a VIA. And I'll just be really blunt here, kind of trusting that none of those friends actually listen to my show. But I just did all this research on that plan for another view, another interview I did on someone else's show. And I was breaking down the most popular diets that are out there now. And friends, that diet is just straight up junk. Like you would be healthier eating Quaker granola bars and taking a vitamin and a probiotic five times a day than you would be eating their prepackaged processed foods. All you have to do is read the ingredient labels. There's lots of chemicals and soy and stuff that's just not good for you. And yeah, it's expensive starvation. Now, if that's a plan you're doing now, I don't say this to shame you. <laughs> not at all, because I completely understand your motivation. I completely understand the drive to be thin, the drive to be thinner, the drive to be in control of your weight, the drive to just follow a plan and make it all better. And that works for some people until it doesn't. You know, data shows us that 95% of all diets will fail within five years. So you've literally got to be some sort of unicorn <laughs> to defy those odds. Of course, the truth is we all kind of hope we're unicorns. We all look at the data and think, ah, that won't happen to me. But why do we do it? If you're listening today and you're following the plan, I'm sure you're doing it because it promises you something. It promises you health or vitality or freedom from fatness. Maybe it promises you that you'll like your own body better because we're all our toughest critics in this arena. We all feel like we have to be pleased with our own bodies, which I don't really read that in the Bible anywhere, but somehow in this American culture we live in, we've come to adapt this thinking. And then I talked to clients who lost their period and started losing their hair while following this particular diet plan. And I wonder, is it worth it? Why do we chase so hard after this version of health? Because that's not health at all. <laughs> Eating five bars a day and having a healthy dinner. I mean, friends, come on. That was slim fast, just circa 1987. As Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun. And I think at the end of the day, that's why we have to see this body image idol that has been giving us the same lies and tricking us in the same way for decades. In fact, you know, one of the signs of idolatry actually is that we're willing to do anything for our idol. We're willing to ignore and overlook things for our idols. What are we willing to not see about the diet plan we're following so that we can continue to pursue what it is we really want. And that, my friend, that goes right back to addiction. 
Some of you have traveled the hard road of alcohol or drug addiction, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Others of you may feel like you're addicted to food, but I wonder if more so you're addicted to a way of soothing your stress or your pain. I wonder if we all don't have ways that we are addicted to coping that truly makes us all addicts in one way or another. My addiction, I see it well. It's to body improvement. I've written books about it. I know how food plays a role in it. And I've largely been delivered from it. But yet, it still tempts me sometimes. I am the alcoholic going into the bar every time I scroll past a before and after picture. Every time I see a diet or fitness program ad, I want a quick fix. I just want a hit. Why? Because I believe that after my fix, then I'll be able to rest. But any addict knows it doesn't work that way. Our idols never give us the rest they promise. You may have heard me say this before, but I believe rest is the reason why we go on diets. No one goes on a diet because they want to diet for the rest of their life. You go on a diet because you hope at the end of the diet, you can rest, that you can just be normal with food, that you can stop thinking about it all the time and get rid of the mental space it occupies. You just want to be done. But idols don't let us off that easily. So if this is your first time hearing about this idolatry stuff, I really hope you'll dig in deeper. You can go back and listen to very early episodes of the show, season one, and you can learn more. But here's a little idle test. If you've not heard this before, you can ask yourself these questions to try to identify the idols in your life. Here's question one. If I had this thing, my life would be everything I ever dreamed of, everything I need, everything I desire, everything I deserve. Or question two, if I lost this thing, my life would be over. That's how you tell whether or not you have an idol. So for some, it's if I could just get skinny, if I could just get beautiful, if I could just get this part fixed, then my life would be amazing. Everything I dreamed of, everything I need, everything I desire. But for others, it may be if I lose my thin body or my able body, or if I lose my beauty to aging, then my life will be over. It can be cashed out either way. My pastor told a story uh, from a book that he read, and sorry, I don't have the exact source, but it was an interview with a teenage girl about social media. And this girl said to the interviewer, social media is ruining my life. And so the interviewer said, well, then why not just get off? And she responded, because then I wouldn't have a life. Maybe you feel that way about your food plan or your exercise or something else you're doing on the body image front right now. Maybe you feel like you know your eating disorder is ruining your life, but you're afraid that without it, you won't have a life. Friends, this is idolatry. So what do you do when you have an idol? I think that's the good news. All you do is you see it and you confess and you repent you ask God to continue to show you how that idol surfaces in your life. Ask him to show you when you start to serve it again or when you start listening to the lies it tells you. You may have to daily lay down this idol every single day or even multiple times a day, especially at first. You may be tempted to serve it again. And practically speaking, 
serving it again could look a lot of different ways. You could be serving it by your diet plan. You may not be, but think about how insecure or scared you would feel if you can't follow your diet or eat your special foods. If that makes you feel like life is scary, then there may be an idle problem there. If you don't want to go out to dinner with people, or if you can't be invited to other people's homes and eat the food they're serving, because that sounds frightening, that would take you off plan, that would be uncharted territory, that would be dangerous to your body, then there may be an idol there. Another thing to look for is it may be helpful to figure out where your treasure is. The treasure principle is from the book of Matthew, where Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. What are you spending your time and your money on? If you look at your credit card statement and your calendar and most of the focus is on you improvement, then it may be time to do some heart searching. Again, friend, spending time and money on your body isn't sin. Go get the massage and the hair color and the nails and go to the gym. Eat good food that's good for your body. But if your life feels like it lacks meaning, if any of these things go away, then go look for hidden idols. If the thought of going to church without your nails done or going to dinner with friends without a new outfit, if those thoughts make you feel insecure, there's an idol there. Hear me, friend, I can only call these things out because I have lived them. So no shame, blame, or condemnation from me here. I just want you to know the truth because scripture tells us that the truth will set us free. And isn't that what we really want? We want freedom. So back to you and your food. Are you feeling awkward? Maybe you're trying to do intuitive eating, but it just feels like the off diet part of your diet cycle right now. Like, I get that. Or maybe you're trying to listen to your body, but you don't feel like it's talking enough. Friend, you are not alone. It is hard. And I'd encourage you to be open to getting some help. If you have a history of a disordered relationship with food, you may need help to be able to tackle this effectively. But that awkwardness, that discomfort, my friend, can I encourage you with something right now on that front? I think that's how we're supposed to feel. It's not how we want to feel. (laughs) Not at all. But that tension between our ideals and our reality is always uncomfortable. Our ideal, that's most likely a glimpse of heaven. It's a little picture of what we will be like when we get to heaven someday. Our hearts know the way things are supposed to be. We can see a glimpse of what it would be like to be free, to feel completely known, completely loved, to feel beautiful because of who we are on the inside, not because of body parts we've perfected on the outside. This is what we crave. And this is what it'll be like someday in heaven. Idols tell us that we can have that now, that we can have that here on earth, that we can feel like we want to feel when we get the body or lose the weight or get the success or get the boyfriend or whatever it is they lie to us with. But Jesus tells us that in this world, there will be trouble. We will suffer. But the good news is he also tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. He is always right there. He is our refuge. He is our strength. We can never lose his love. So if you're wrestling chocolate or chips or chocolate chips today, it's okay to acknowledge that the struggle is hard. If you're wrestling the mirror or your new wrinkles or a new gray hair or jeans that used to fit and just don't now, friend, remember we live in a fallen, broken world 
And I promise you that even if and when you fix these quote unquote problems, new ones will surface. We can feel good about our body, but then the temptation will come for us to want to feel better. That's why I wrote my book, The Burden of Better, because of that very reason. Friend, if any of this is resonating with you today, my biggest goal is to just encourage you to stay in the awkward long enough to get freedom. And if you need help, I'm here for you. I can recommend some non-diet dietitians for you that can help you with the food part. But I just want to encourage you that it's okay if it doesn't feel easy. None of this is. And I'm afraid to some degree, none of it will be until we get to our eternal glory. Friend, can I pray for you right now? Would that be okay? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, you see my friend. You see her completely inside and out and you love her. You're not surprised by the size or the shape of her body. You're not surprised of anything in her life right now, God. And I just thank you. I thank you for how completely you know us and how completely you love us. God, and I just pray for her as she sits in the awkwardness of figuring out what to do with food and what to do with exercise and how to really cope with all the messages of diet culture she's heard or maybe is hearing and how to get free from all these thoughts and obsessions and all of the pressures that are telling her she must change her body. She must look a certain way. She must do certain things. God, you know the battle she is in in this arena. And I pray right now that she will know that you are fighting for her, that you are standing right beside her, and that you will be her strong defender. And that most of all, she can rest not in the next diet plan, not in hoping she gets an after picture, but she can rest in the shadow of your love and the shadow of your wings that you've got her and you hold her securely. And she can be so much more confident in that than she ever could in weight loss or body transformation. God, I thank you for the work you're doing in her life today and from this day forward. It's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening today, friend. I hope something in today's episode has blessed you. Hey, if you're not on the email list, my compared to who email list, I would love to have the opportunity to encourage you directly twice a month. I send out messages with encouragement and then links to things going on around here and updates on what's going on on this show. I also have a free five day kind of kickstart email challenge. So you can go to compared to who me and you can find out more about that and you can join the challenge. I would love to connect with you. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey there, before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor, leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. 
Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration, and I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. I found myself on a ledge, three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.